The first thing you should know about my friend, Auntie Jo, is that she's helpful. She's the kind of person who sees work that needs to be done and picks up a broom. Just this week, she called and offered to help with some party planning. No one asked her, no one expected it. She did it just because that's the kind of person she is. The next thing you should know is that I'm sure she's always been this way, but it certainly didn't feel that way when she was a teacher and I needed an extension on my summer homework. (laughs) She was the opposite of helpful then. In fact, I remember that she made it clear that no help would be given and it was entirely my problem. Yeah, I don't know what else you would expect. It was your summer homework. Suck it up. The arrogance on you at that age to come and tell me you wanted an extension. Never would I ever have thought that that, uh, you evil witch of a teacher would be (laughs) ringing me on a weekend to say, hey, is there anything I can do to help with your party? Can I can I make some can I do some crafting for you? I know. Oh <laughs> god, that's funny. You were such a little shit. Okay. Here we go. The first thing you should know about my friend Andrew is that he's got knife skills. He was also ahead of the curve on the sourdough bread phenomenon, and he makes it policy to always cook all the bacon. The next thing you should know about Andrew is that when he learned my shiny new husband was lately Perfecting the classic BLT sandwich, Andrew was fascinated, intrigued. He daydreamed about it to the point that it was a little bit of an issue. And yet, for a variety of reasons, Andrew has not yet attempted it himself. I am hereby issuing a standing invitation, as soon as it's tomato season again, for a BLT making and eating session. Your kitchen or ours, Mr. Bridges, we gotta get this thing into your mouth. Welcome to Half My Age, a weekly show in which a 25-year-old adult and a 50-year-old child help each other make sense of the world. Mm-hmm. I, I really do think about that BLT a lot. It, it keeps coming up. I can't It's the perfect it. BLT. Now, the thing is that, remember, it's a... It's a tomato sandwich and not a bacon sandwich, so that's why we have to wait for those, again, for those ripe, ripe tomato days of summer. Now, one of the reasons you haven't made the sandwich yourself, despite the fact that we sent you the article that Joe read, and it's a poetic article by, um, what's his name? J. Kenji Lopez-Alt. I think that's right. I think I got it. He wrote this beautiful poetic article, I mean, like, about how you pick the tomatoes, and I mean, how you stack that sandwich and how you cook the bacon and all of it. One of the reasons you haven't done it yourself is because two of your roommates do not eat bacon. Right. And and like you said in your cold open, uh, as a matter of policy, as a, as a matter of principle, <laughs> I make all the bacon when I open the package. Right. And then you eat it yourself. But you don't share the joy. But it's a tomato sandwich. So I th- think, think, like I said, we'll have, we'll have, we'll have the session. We'll, we'll, Joe can teach you, walk you through. It'll be learning. Your kitchen or ours, yours is way better. But... I think that your wife, Delaney, who who is a whole human being in her own right, I think she would enjoy the tomato sandwich of it all. I think so, too. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm you know, I've really come around to the idea that there are non-meat things that can serve the purpose of a meat in a food. I don't know what, what might, I'm, I'm certainly not talking about turkey bacon here, although, you know, who you knows, could. maybe it's, maybe it's just fine. 
Or uh, that fake gold bacon or whatever it is. Yeah, sure. Right. Impossible beef or pork. pork. I've, I've totally transitioned. Um, uh, I've been making breakfast burritos a lot, uh, <laughs> almost every week. And I've decided that I like the impossible breakfast sausage better than I like Jimmy Dean's breakfast sausage. No kidding. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Now, are you making them every week and then freezing them? Yep. Yep. And then I... Uh, oh, I really feel like I brought you up that way. You sure did. Do you remember when I used to make them by the hundred? <laughs> I can't imagine. And give them to you by the dozen. Do you remember that? I honestly would I make do. them by the hundred for you, the rest of the tournament. You took pity on me. I think, I think uh, you knew that I was starving and I was... You I were was, eating nothing but Costco meatballs at the time. Costco and, meatballs and, and beer. <laughs> and beer. And so I would throw you a dozen burritos every once in a while. Yeah, I told thoughtful. you for my 50th birthday lunch, I think, no, maybe it was my 49th birthday lunch. I told you if that you got a special, a couple of your select classmates to come and have um, lunch with me, which just was hilarious. And you did that. I would give you 50 burritos. And I think I followed up on that eventually. Yeah, I think you did too. I, it's funny to think that there's probably a significant percentage of my poundage that's uh, directly <laughs> attributable to your burritos. I guess. Not anymore. That was a long time ago. Now you're a grown-ass man and you make your own burritos and you freeze them. And pretty soon you're going to have to take pity on the old lady and deliver them to me, really. <laughs> mm. What's your daughter eating these days? Uh, so she just, um, I fed her dinner just a little bit ago and she had uh, one of those purees that sounded pretty good. It was like a fruit mm-hmm. and a yogurt thing. But mm-hmm. then I've also been, uh, like when I cut up an apple, I cut it into mm-hmm. sixths. So mm-hmm. I, I uh, peeled some apple and I gave her a piece of apple and she just gnawed on it oh, with her gums. It's very cute. 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 Did you like it? She loves it. It's one of Delicious. her favorite Have things. you given her a piece of lemon yet? I have not. That's oh, so funny. I'm looking forward to it. I think that's that's oh. going to be special. I mean, it is special. And, and she's like old enough she can handle it. Okay. That's rude. Uh, I don't want to play pranks on your little child, but that is truly one of the funniest <laughs> things. And you have to get the camera ready and take a picture because it's crazy i mean it's so funny and it you're not hurting them they eventually learn to love sour things okay would you like to tell me about something that's bothering you would you like to go off on a rant today uh mr bridges anything else we need to uh clear up beforehand no i'm I'm happy to jump into uh something that's that's really tell me about something that makes you mad yeah it's really burning my biscuits my my rant this week is about short days the longest day of the year, it came and went in June. Since then, days have been getting shorter, and that sucks. When daylight savings ends, it gets so much worse so quickly. Uh, example, today where we live in Colorado, the sunset at 441, that is way too early. Oh. Way too early. And our, our listeners know that I'm a tired old man, even on the best of days. Oh. And total darkness before 5 o'clock does not help. Not a bit. So truthfully, I'm a little bit surprised that we managed to punch a hole in the ozone layer and melt all of the icebergs, but no one has managed to make days longer. Well, what are we doing? This seems like basic stuff we should have figured out by now. It kind of sounds silly, but I've been thinking about it a lot. Uh, the problem with days is that they're never long enough. That's common knowledge. People are always saying there just aren't enough hours in the day. But if you think about it, Nights are also too short, too. Longer nights mean more sleep. Longer days mean more time to do fun stuff. The problem isn't just that days are too short. It's that both days and nights are too short. The world is spinning too fast, Auntie Joe. So let's pump the brakes, slow things down a little, and we'll all be better for it. Oh, God, that's so funny. Wow. Whoo, you really took us on a ride with that one, Mr. Bridges. First of all, are you reading these rants? Are you writing this shit out beforehand? I sure am. 
Oh, God. That's a lot of homework for you. I feel bad about it. I'm not. I'm going off the dome. At, at the moment, it's fun. And I don't feel okay. like w- when I do come unprepared, uh, um. I feel embarrassed at my lack of preparedness. <laughs> and sure, unlike, like unlike you, I'm not... Uh, doing impromptu rants three times a week. So this oh, yeah, is that's a good point. Yeah, this, yeah, this yeah is something yeah. I'm practicing, and that's true. And that's kind of why I came up with the idea to put this new shape to our re- redux of the podcast. Was I kind of think in terms of rants and raves, um, in terms of comedy? Yeah, so it's an easy place to start, and it's fun. Okay. All right, that's fine. I mean, actually, I'm glad you haven't ex- asked for an extension on your homework. That's really admirable. You're a good student as always. <laughs> you really are. You don't have any uh, thoughts I'm... on my brilliant idea to slow down? Oh, no, the I sure do. This, okay, I have so many thoughts. You took us on a ride first. Yeah, right. Short days. So, so sucks. It's just, I know. It's unbelievable. <laughs> 441 was actual. I mean, that's not when the sun dips behind the mountains. No, it's, it's not total darkness at 441. Darkness, but it sucks. It's depressing. I'm with you, obviously. Now, when you started talking about how we've punched a hole in the space-time continuum nope, and the ozone. we've done all of these things in the ozone, do you mean... Okay. Anyway, I, I felt that you were taking it to a place... Like, we haven't been able to... Like, it's like we've landed on the moon, but we can't cure the common cold. And then I was thinking you were taking it to this place where too soon but i thought you were about to mention like why hasn't you know hair professor musk addressed this problem (laughs) (laughs) and i don't want to talk about it i don't even want to talk about that but okay so that was fascinating but then you took it to kind of a different place of oh the nights aren't long enough either and that's metaphorical and ancient probably and the need to sleep and the need to wake and the cycle of our days and then you take it to the idea that we should we should put the brakes on the earth spinning like a superman comic mm-hmm. well, you, that had everything right there that had everything andrew and and in the long run putting the brakes on the world and stopping slowing down the access of the world spinning so that we can enjoy more more sunlight and more sleep time that's like a great children's book really i think it's great and i think i mean I haven't, I've been sitting on this one for 48 hours at this point and I'm having a hard time finding any flaws with longer days and longer nights. Like what if, what if instead of 365 days in a year, we only had 300 and everything was just a little bit longer? How good would that be? How much have you, okay, listen to podcasts or however you get your education these days. I suspect it's YouTube videos. How much have you... My point is I have done no real research on this topic myself, but the idea of <laughs> calendars, slowing, do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, that's a, we'll to get to that. No, calendar changing, like having two f- fewer days a year or wrapping that. Why do we have a seven day week? Why don't we have, do you, I mean, have you, I have done you zero research aware of on, any of that? Okay. on what it takes to change the calendar. Okay, I feel like there's even an Omnibus episode, one of our favorite podcasts, about this concept throughout the history of time. And it's fascinating. And you're right. Okay, calendar-wise, but but extending the length of the days and the nights. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about the only way to do that, obviously, is science. It's to slow down the turning of the earth. Correct. Yeah? Correct, right? All right. Mm -hmm. uh, One full revolution of the earth is one day uh and one night. It's 24 hours. So you would slow it down to 36 hours, let's say. Oh, that so sounds you add so good. six more hours of daylight and then six more hours. I mean, yeah, sure, Andrew, it's amazing. And metaphorically, it's a beautiful idea, may I say, especially as you start your new family, because before you know it, not now, 
You're in the idle, wonderful days and you've got a few more years, but then suddenly, bam, you will be in it. You will be in it where you just, you, it's activities and kids and you su- suddenly go, whoa, where were those days when I didn't have enough to do? You know what I mean? And you just wish, yeah. So it's a beautiful idea, like to slow the world down. We used to say as a family, we need to get off the hamster wheel for the summer or for a week or for a season or, you know, those are the kind of let's unplug times. That's really important in a family. So metaphorically, it's great. But Jesus Christ, Andrew, do you really want to talk about changing? You haven't thought, I feel like you're missing your systems thinking here about the effects on, say, crops and weather. And I don't even know. Ocean tides? You know, on on crops, it would probably be, uh, we just have giant uh, pumpkins and giant squash and giant heads of lettuce. Or maybe because we didn't have enough or too much uh, cold overnights. I don't know, Andrew. I'm just saying, you've got to work that out. You've got to get somebody on the horn and really think in an integrated systems way. I I vote we just put in the data points. Blow up some nukes. Try to do our very best to to point them in a certain direction. (laughs) get the the, uh, rotational momentum, just kind of slow it down a little bit. Sure, just slow it down. It's kind of bad timing because Elon just bought Twitter, so he's got other Uh, things on his mind at the moment. But he's got rockets, and let's be real. He's the guy for this idea, right? Well, see, that's... Or he's got tethers. He's got ropes to, like, throw up to the moon, lasso the moon, and whoa, Nelly, slow us down. Come on. I mean, it's hilarious. But it really is more sort of Bugs Bunny. Then, it is when you when you talk about uh, throwing tethers around the moon. Well, I, I like that idea. Slow it down. I know. <laughs> so gr- honestly, it's a great children's book. I mean, you could create a whole. Um, Fortunately for me, I know a, uh, a ghostwriter and a children's book author, and it's yeah, the same right. person. It's a cool idea, but 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 if anybody else likes this idea, it's yours. It's yours. That's right. That's right. It's copyright been, it's here. Been... If anybody wants to shop it around with you or me, they could call. Yeah. Well, I'll We'd absolutely be to entertain that and... sales call. Yeah, but we could, we'll write that log line and uh, something about slowing the world down. Metaphorically, it's amazing and perfect for this time of year because it gets crazy, but very funny. Okay. Do you want to tell All me about, right. about yeah. uh, your ra- rant? Yeah, I'm trying to decide. I just, I have a list of rants and raves, right? I'm happy to say that my list of raves is longer than my list of rants. I just feel like this one is going to turn people off, but... Oh, I like that. I feel like those are the best ones, the controversial ones. Sure, it's contro. We're going to teach the controversy. We're, we're um, going to get some listeners with this one. Sure, sure. We're going we're gonna, to, um, yeah, uh, culture jam a little bit here. Because what I have to say is the thing that I don't like, and it's really been bumming me out, is Thanksgiving. I, I have been thinking about it a lot for the past 48 hours. Um why do I hate it so much? Uh, it's not really because I don't. I think it's stupid to have a holiday around food because I love food. I just invited you to a standing appointment to have a bacon BLT sandwich party. I love it. I have I have in my life rarely been to a Thanksgiving dinner where it really is about delicious food and savoring every bite and enjoying conversation and having a five course meal and taking your time. Almost every Thanksgiving I've ever been to has been about like. 
like like competitive eating how much can you stuff yourself so you feel disgusting and meanwhile there's football going on in the other room and there's just a lot of activity and there's all kinds of things it doesn't okay so uh, never mind the problematic holiday that it is even if i retcon it to thinking about what it really means gratitude i love gratitude i think it's important to take time to be grateful i don't see that happening around this particular holiday uh but anyway what i really realized I, I, and i've never had it's not like my family or friends that I've ever hung out with have had difficult Thanksgiving. It's We're not like a family that has drama. I, what I realize, I hate, sorry, taking too long. I hate the details of leading up to it. I hate the headspace it puts me in. I hate the little nitpicky, well, why don't we do this? And why don't we do that? And what about this? And what about, and then, and then, and then, no, you can't do it that way because people will get hurt feelings or there will be trouble if you do it that way. Why? Why the fuck does anybody care about it? Why are there emotions around this thing? I don't understand. Do you, do you want to come and break bread at the table together? Then come. If you don't, if you don't want to come or you can't make it, who cares? Why? I don't understand. And the biggest thing I think is that what I've realized is a lot of time when we're planning for things like this, there is emotion involved and quite likely, maybe always, we are not talking about the real thing. And I think that bumps me on a fundamental level is like we're having conversation and, you know, maybe it's a problem we're going to solve. Who's going to bring what for the damn dinner? And then somehow we're not talking about that. We're talking about I don't know what. And maybe the other person doesn't know what they're talking about either. And it just becomes icky. And I don't like it. Sorry, I went way longer than my allotted one minute, but I'm trying to work through what it is because <laughs> I have, I am a long known Thanksgiving Scrooge because You're the food. You're absolutely a Thanksgiving Scrooge and yeah. you are, you are pooping on mashed potatoes and they don't deserve it. They, what did well, they do to they, you? No, mashed potatoes is like one of my, it's like my second favorite food, but I can have mashed potatoes anytime and that's great. <laughs> and we do, that's an easy food to make. But I don't get the, 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 it's a holiday around food, but the food is not that great. It's just not. You would never take your family out, except on Thanksgiving, for a turkey and cranberry dinner. That's not what you do when you I, treat I think yourself. Part of what makes Thanksgiving food special is the fact that it is reserved for, for once a year. Or, you know, sometimes I get a little right. frisky in the off season and I say, hey, what if we do uh, all the Thanksgiving sides? What if we have some uh, mashed potatoes, some sweet potatoes? What if, what if we do it up like that? And I think that's, uh, to me, it's special. But I, I know, do, and I'm an asshole here. I, I, I realize this you. also. Not about I, just, the food. I think that, well, let's keep talking about the food for just one more second, because what I also don't understand, and again, I'm trying to really work this through and be generous about it and think maybe I'm the asshole here because, uh, like I said, it's not that I don't love good food and it's not that I don't believe in taking time to make good food. I just don't get what is going on there. There's a lot of pride and or flexing what is it going like people complain i guess kind of about the time they spend or or that do is, they that not is a complain very, it's I'm a time-honored tradition complaining mm -hmm. about the preparation of thanksgiving right you can't is it? Okay. you can't just throw the party you've also have to complain about how it's a burden and how mm -hmm. you you've really had to you know extend yourself and and move mountains to get this bird on the table I or think, to make this very fancy side dish or dessert it's a martyr's I, holiday i think complaining is very much part of the tradition <sighs> okay and then I think maybe people don't complain maybe they love it but i am going maybe i'm just not looking forward to spending my whole 
Wednesday, like, for example, making pies. Why not? I love making pies. I make pies throughout the year. Making pie crust is one of my favorite things, and I have a new recipe I want to try. And I made an apple tart, which is a pie crust, in September with the apples off our tree. So what? I, I just, I don't know why I resent it so much. And the truth is, when I truly look in my heart and soul, it's like I've had bad Thanksgivings. Honestly, I usually end up having fun. When I was a kid, I loved big, crazy, fun, fun cousin Thanksgivings. I've I almost always like it. I but it's the it's the the anticipation of the Thanksgiving holiday to me is no fun. It is icky and feelings are hurt for reasons I don't understand, like I said, and I just it's just no fun. And I, I I've like I've long been known as a Thanksgiving Scrooge because I'm like this food whatever is not that great. But again, you can make it great. And I know people have their thing. We deep fry the turkey. We do this. We do that. We stay up. We brine it overnight. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm such a gosh darn Scrooge about it. I'm trying to truly like look inside my soul. And like I said, admit that maybe I'm the asshole. <laughs> Some, sometimes you can. <coughs> Excuse me. Sometimes you've got to ask yourself that question because yeah. uh, you never know. And you, you certainly don't want to be the asshole. No, I don't. And I also just, I don't, I think, I don't know. I it just bums me out though. Do you know what I mean? About like feelings and. Totally. We should talk about uh, things my that family make us happy. Is, uh, yeah. My, fa- my family in particular, my family of origin was kind of nomadic. My family so of it's origin. Not like, well, you, I mean, right. Not the kids I raised. That's a normal, con- that's a normal social. I haven't heard that before. My social, family of origin. It is, Andrew. That's a normal sociology phrase. But. My family, you know, we were kind of vagabonds. And then the the family I raised, we also, we didn't have one set tradition. So that's also where I get confused about. I, I wonder, like, do, is it just that I don't like people telling me what to do? It always seems to become like a kind of control situation about who's hosting or what's going on or who's bringing what and who didn't come. And I just, like I said, I never 100% understand what the fuck is going on. Um <laughs> And I'm, con- I, you know, and then I also, like I said, am I just, am I a control freak or possibly am, do I become the adolescent teenager because this always involves dealing with family and my mother and all of this? Do I just become like, I don't want people telling me what to do. I don't know. I don't know I don't either. Know. There's, there's no good answer for Thanksgiving. And, and for- the, well, you know, to tell you the truth, but the answers that I have had over the years that have pleased me the most have been. It really always does make me feel like I just want to run away into the hills and not see any of you people. And I love you people. These are people I love and don't mind hanging out with, whoever it is. I don't know what my problem is. But the the Thanksgivings that I love the most, honestly, were when I was um, away from home working because I was doing theater. And, and that the holiday season, I had been rehearsing Christmas Carol, for example, and then the holiday season really kicks off. And I'm working like a dog, but in a really fun way until Christmas and I liked being on that side of it. Anyway, so I couldn't go home, maybe. So we would spend Thanksgiving Day having black bean burritos and walking across the Brooklyn Bridge. And there was always like a little bit of, oh, gee, we're away from home. And that there's something sort of melancholy about that. You can play home for the holidays or something, but secretly like freedom to just <laughs> make it whatever we want. And we could do that now. Joe and I could start our own traditions Part of it is that, no, I don't, I mean, my mother's here, you know, I want to, I do want to be part of the family and I want to please the people who care. Also, I think part of it to me, I was, as you, as I said, I've been thinking about this a lot. 
my one son comes home from college, but very briefly and doesn't spend a lot of time at Thanksgiving because he's on the wrestling team. And this is just they're just starting their season and he's not he's going back to cut weight and train. He comes home and gives us as much time as he can. But last year, I don't think he came home at all. And my other son lives abroad and probably always will. So I'm also going, am I just coming that face to so face with sad? It's, I don't think it is though. <laughs> I love it. I mean, like I'm so happy for him and he has, I mean, his life is so good and I, I don't miss him on the regular. And honestly, like I said, I've never had a terrible Thanksgiving, but it's not like we've had like, like, like I have these fond idyllic memories of like, Oh, if only he were home for Thanksgiving, but maybe I am running into the wall of watching my friends age into like your parents having grandchildren and kids that you'd oh wow we can have the generation maybe i'm realizing i'm never gonna have that but then again i go i don't think i care i have a cousin who is having with her grown children and a blended family and all of this they're doing it this is what i want to do they're having a thanksgiving where they are being funny they're having a 70s theme and they're doing like all retro and maybe even dressing party i know is a theme party and i i like that idea a lot Fun and why, so funny. Why, why does the the theme of Christmas have to be Christmas? Why can't it be? Why can't well, it be beach party? See, right? Why does it have to be fucking turkey? If we're having a banquet and a, a feast, that is a, God, we're slowing down the earth. We're, we're bringing, slowing down the earth. We're bringing themes to Thanksgiving. Jeez, we, <laughs> Eureka! Every five minutes, it's a red letter episode. We're solving problems. And okay, <laughs> sorry, that was too much of a rant. And I know. I, I, whatever. I just, I, I, what I, I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. You have more raves than rants. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I believe that. I, I, I don't well, think. Well, I just didn't want to talk about the rant because I, I, but what was interesting to me, probably not to anyone else, but is that like the unpacking of it and going, what is it really? And then am I just an asshole? And I, like I said, I do think it's the, as I age, I hate more and more detail. I will, I will, I will fixate on the detail of <laughs> turning seven minutes into six minutes or a word in a joke or a punchline, right? It's not like I don't like small details. It's when those details become like, well, we could meet here and we could meet there. And then what about this? And what about that? And well, who has hurt feelings? And we could never do that. And <sighs> I just, I can't, I, I, I really more and more in my life, I long for like, here's the plan. Here's what I need you to bring. If you can come, great. If you can't come, no hard feelings. Let's move on. That's the plan. Boom. I don't like the, do you know what I mean? The mm, totally. mind fucking all the little details. Oh, I hate it so much. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. but I'm going to tell you something that makes me happy. Yeah, okay. That's great because that's what I want to do too. There's so many more things that make me happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this week's rave, it's about taking pictures. I, I love it. I've always loved it and I'm getting back into it after putting it mm. on the back burner for a while. Photography is one of those things like the miracle of flight and the marvel that is compound interest. Uh, mm. These are all things that you once described to me as PFM, which stands Ooh. for pure effing magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been especially fun and magical in the last week because I asked my dad to dig up some cameras that his dad had. So my grandfather, oh, wow. he found them. So I brought some, I bought some film and I've been taking analog pictures for the last week. And it's really cool taking pictures with equipment that's 65 years old. Uh, it seems a little bit crazy that this works now, but also crazy that it ever oh, yeah. worked because, you know, PFM, pure effing magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even beyond that, there's something really special about taking pictures of my new little family with a family heirloom. It makes me happy and I love it. 
That's amazing. Wow, that's amazing that you have those old cameras. And also, may I may I say how funny it is to my ear? What are you calling it? Analog photography. Yeah, that's well, so funny. You you would just call that photography. I get it. Of course. And I, I, <laughs> I suppose there's you photography know, and then there's digital photography. Print photography. Too. That's right. We called it print photography and then digital photography. Yeah, yeah. But how fun for you? I mean, film and. Oh man, you've always had a great eye for, photo- for, for, for photography. You really have, and you've been interested in the gadgetry and the mathematics. I, love I the suppose of it too. And mm-hmm. I, I think but, but there is magic all all the way along. Yeah, there, there really is. I've been I've been really getting into my my current um, YouTube obsession is mm-hmm. absolutely analog photography and development analog. and large format and like all of that the like different quirky uh, mm-hmm. niche parts of photography. Mm-hmm. Would you say niche or niche? What, I say niche, but niche. I, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Well, all the, all the niche parts of photography. Just because niche, why? Because niche reminds me of like um, something else. I don't know what Just niche. Okay, doesn't matter. Are you studying like old, old, like how photography came into being and daguerreotypes and the silver of there, it all? There's a really the... good video on that that I will absolutely mm-hmm. put in the show oh, it's notes. It's wonderful. Uh, and also, um, I checked out an Ansel Adams book from the library. So he's got oh, a, yeah, a sure. three three book series, The Camera, mm. The Negative, and The Print. Uh, and I, I checked out The Camera. And it's that's kind of what got oh, me yeah. into the film thing and asking you my dad about this. You checked it out from this. the library? Yeah. A, a real okay, all of this is so damn old school. Book. You are, okay, see, I don't know. Last week we talked that you're cooler than me. I don't know. This is a very hipster trend right there. I'm checking books out from the library about analog photography and then I'm finding 65 year old cameras and shooting with film. That's, that's awesome, Andrew. How fun. I mean, how great. I'm so glad we've done a 180. A 180, is that right? On me being cool because last yeah. week I, I did not come out of that feeling cool or fresh. <laughs> uh-uh. Okay. Oh, so much. Um, hey, are you going point total cool points about this? All right, here, here. I'm going to, I'm give you, I'm going to give you some uh, style points right here. If you're willing, depending on your answer to this question, Uh-oh. at what point are you going to put a dark room into your unfinished basement? Oh, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. You had suggested that recently. It doesn't take much. No, and you don't even need a dark room. You can just get a, no. a light proof bag and a, um, yeah. it's called a tank, but it's really more like a little yeah. cylinder. Uh, that's all you need. And no, some chemicals. you really literally need like some Rubbermaid buckets and some chemicals and then like a curtain around. I mean, it, it's like where I'm recording right now in my very, very tiny closet studio. This is all the space I technically need. It's not great. And you have more space than that. But I mean, it's and it is magic. It is absolutely magic to watch those pictures come into being and then to mess around with the chemicals and the light and all. It's it is magic. And PFM, as you mentioned it, um, that's Joe's term for how airplanes fly, which he does for a living. But it's literally just pure fucking magic. And so is photography. I love it. And also, you've always been good at it. You do have such an artistic eye, I think, especially for like contrast and composition. Ooh, maybe we should talk about elements and principles of design as you go forward, because that's really I fun. I love that. And I, I oh, for yeah. me, photography has never, I've never considered myself artistic or ha- or creative or that sort of uh-huh. thing. Uh, but somehow taking pictures, duh, it's something that I, I do feel like I'm, I'm good at it. And, and I like what I produce and it doesn't feel like staring at a blank page or like trying to produce mm-hmm. a form out of clay when there's just right. a lump of dirt in front of me, you know? 
Well, first of all, when I met you and we got to be kind of close as in the pottery studio, which I believe is a class you took in high school because photography wasn't open and they did have a dark room at your high school. Yeah, I, I really wanted so, to do that class. And it's, yeah. a, I, I suppose, lucky for us that the class was full. Otherwise, sure. we may, never, we lucky may for never Sadie because now fans. she has me in her life. Uh, but I just want to say that, that the truth is that I realized about you, which was very interesting at the time, because A, arrogant little shit, as your cold opening told us. But also, you seemed so analytical, right? I mean, you were the kind of guy when we saw, I remember talking to... Um, Mrs. C, who actually taught you AP English, and when your when your scores came in, yours was first. You were alphabetically first of all of the people in your class, and it was like five five. And she went, "Yeah, that makes sense." Andrew Bridges is just as smart as they come. You know what I mean? And a good test taker, and and logical, and analytical. And I loved watching you kind of approach pottery with that same problem solving brain, but realizing that, like most smart people, there is such an element of creativity in you, and you you actually made very beautiful things in high school, and it warmed my heart to see that side of you. That's really where, and, and also when we're sitting there leaning over our wheels, we're talking about crap, not English and, you know, your mm-hmm. extended, your extended deadline on your summer homework or not. We're talking about life and whatever. And um, so anyway, it doesn't surprise me at all. And that photography would be your way into feeling artistic because it is, it's math and it's, and there's so much to control mess with, but it feels like, gadgetry it feels like it feels um, more like changing parameters than than yeah. uh i don't know capturing a line or you know yeah and so it is but I, we really we, we should or i'll send you some stuff on um just how to think about the elements and principles of design also does not escape me how very walter mitty this is of you <laughs> and your obsession with that not obsession but your fondness for that movie from way back i mean honestly part of it was probably because of the photography element of it Absolutely. 100%. And I also like the casual photos you take. You have taken, oh my God, such beautiful pictures of your beautiful um, wife, who is a whole human being in her own right, and your daughter, same. But you, but also even just the um, iPhone pictures that maybe Delaney takes and sends to my old lady frame. Dude, my skylight frame. Okay. Can I tell you? Like... My son's French girlfriend said when she now sends us also pictures to the frame and she says, it's so old fashioned. It's like, cause you have to do it via email, right? Mm-hmm. Which you can do from your phone. Anyway, she's like, it's like, I'm, it reminds me of when in high school I used to email my grandfather. I'm okay. So it's my grandma frame. Well, hell yeah. Delaney sends it. We get a little notification. I go over and sit there and go, watch this. Here's a new picture. And then where I sit at dinner most nights, I am looking at this frame and Oh, I would say probably 40% of it is pictures of your daughter, both taken by you and me and your wife and sent to me. And I just sit there and go, oh, there she is. It's such a delight. I mean, it really is. So, but I also, I mean, truly, I respect for, and I love this. And it seems like photography is a nice thing that you can just always do, you know, as you travel, as you very walk through low your neighborhood. Impact. It doesn't yeah. require a lot of commitment. It's great. Right. Or space. Honestly, mm-hmm. I look forward to seeing um, how much you enjoy a dark room because it doesn't take much space. It's you got to keep those chemicals away from your baby. But um, it's fun. I mean, it really is. It's a it's a miracle. It's a magical thing. Yeah. And yeah, I think you'll enjoy as you already are the the history of it. And isn't that cool that you're using yeah, oh, cameras hold on, that, look at that, this. Of your grandfather's. This is not, oh, yeah. sure. not great podcasting. Oh, wow. Look, look at my neat Roll. art deco camera. 
Roloflex. Wow. So that's okay. Andrew is holding up a little box thing that, yes, indeed, does look even vintage to my old eyes. Yeah. Yeah, that's before my time. From the late 50s. What kind of film is it? It's medium format film. So it's 120 film. Oh, interesting. And you can still buy that? You can still buy it. I got it at Mike's camera. It's great. Oh, sure. Mike's camera. Yeah. Fun! I love that. That's gonna be great to see. Okay, I'll make that our, our show art so that people can see what you're the looking camera. at. The camera, yeah, that's a good yep. idea. All right, okay. I'm gonna go on with my rave, and I'm gonna carry on. I, like I said, I have a long list, but I'm gonna go carry on with the theme of food because of Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving Scrooge. It's not that I hate food. I love something I love that I would like to share with the people and recommend highly is popcorn made the old-fashioned way. Popcorn over the stove, which Joe, of course has a recipe, looks at the recipe, pours the exact amount of peanut oil in this um, thing that is that is made to do this. It's a popcorn maker that you put on the stove, and it has a handle, and he puts in the right amount of peanut oil, and then he goes on the stove until it's all popped, and he rarely has any of those kernels, widow kernels at the end. And then we have done a variety of things with the popcorn, but late-night snack... Homemade popcorn like that. It oh, Joe. Uh, he he pulverizes the salt. He like takes mm. the finest salt we have in our house, and then grinds it down to make it even finer. Because Alton Brown says that's the best popcorn salt or whatever. We do that. We add butter, of course. We add Parmesan cheese. But now lately he's been pulverizing that too. I have mixed feelings about that. Probably the best. Honest to God. Parmesan cheese for popcorn is just the green can, but we always have, you know, blocks of the real stuff mm-hmm. from Costco. And hmm. then I like to add a little bit of hot sauce. I like to shake it in a um, paper bag. That's kind of a thing I have. Lately, Joe's been experimenting with putting a little bit of brown sugar in the butter so you get a kettle corn kind of situation. It is so that fun. Is it makes a gourmet. Seriously gourmet. It makes giant mess, but not a mess that takes too long to clean up. It's so worth it. I've been a sort of microwave popcorn girl for 35 years, and this is revolutionary. It's so good. And you can use that same pan over a campfire if you want. <laughs> it's delicious. It's like one of those things that's really this, worth this is what you're the doing effort. At one in the morning, you're making, you're making gourmet popcorn with Parmesan and hot sauce. Yep. That is nuts. That sounds amazing. One in the morning is about this accurate. Is, Maybe 12 to one in that hour. Because we've realized we were a little hungry and it's almost time for bed. When I was trying to explain a couple of weeks ago about how you've come into to living your best life and doing exactly the kinds of things that you want to do and, and like, you know, just turning this corner and saying, you know, I want to be comfortable. I want to have popcorn at midnight and I, God damn it, I want some Parmesan in there and maybe a little hot sauce. You are my spirit animal. This is amazing. (laughs) And it really is all to do with Joe who never minds making that effort. In fact, always knows it's worth it. And again, I was a good cook, right? I, I was a good cook. I was a good baker. Yeah, but I you, was kind you weren't of getting a ready to grind your salt, though. No, I was kind of a good foodie back in my day. But no, that's my point. Then I raised the family. So it became just feed them and get them out the door. At a certain point with teenage boys in the house, it becomes shovel calories down their gullet. And as I started this episode with, you get into so much. You wish the world could slow down. You barely have time to sit down and enjoy a meal. So you shove the, you know, get enough calories in them, send them out the door, blah, blah, blah. And just make chicken nuggets so nobody will bitch. And I just lost interest. And then when I moved in by myself, 
I just equipped this kitchen like minimalist. I, and I was like happy about it. Like, nice. I don't even have a toaster. Boom. Now I have a spiralizer. You know, I mean, <laughs> and all the things. And, and, and I have the time, but more importantly, the predilection to hang out with a person and enjoy that's right. It's slow it down and enjoy the good things. Because as we know, and truly, when Joe is flying, when Joe's gone, I still have to remind myself to eat. I am still not food motivated. I can enjoy and do enjoy a beautiful meal, a beautiful taste, a beautiful bite of food. I really am very good at cooking and all of that. But but Joe's, it, you know, it's his hobby and it's his passion. I don't know what to say, but like he's just he's devoted to it. And, he, and it doesn't he likes it. It's fun for him. It's fun for him to go the extra effort and go, no, if you grind this salt down, though, it's so much better than microwave popcorn. And it just is. And also, (laughs) you know what else, though? We'll go and, like, eat microwave popcorn or nachos at the ballpark. It's not like he's snooty. The the amount of time that we spend in bars eating tater tots and green chili, you know what I mean? Mm, That sounds so good right now. So good. But sometimes it's worth, I don't know. But the popcorn, the whole ritual of it, the smell of it in the house... It's so it's so much more effort than microwave popcorn, but as a late night snack, which also is a bit of an activity, something that I, I was going to say we do it together, but that's not even true. The number of times that he goes, I'll make it, babe. And he gets up and just does it while I like whatever, get in the hot tub or something. Hey, that's a thing that's on my rave list is now we have a hot tub and the, these days have been super chilly and dark and cold, as you say, and getting into a hot tub. OK, I'll make a whole rave about it someday, but. Uh, five out of five stars, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, we'll have to fire that, file that one away for later. I'm super yep. interested in the idea of a hot tub. I know yeah. that my parents had one, and then they got rid of it because uh, upkeep or maybe three boys or, you know, some reason. So I've, I've always been, uh, it, it sounds like too much effort. I, uh, but It's so not that much effort. Yeah, I always had the same thing in mind, like, oh, and then I even had a little bit of a learning curve coming up the curve and going, I don't think I can own a hot tub. I don't think I, I honestly like to the point that when the guy's like explaining to me the chemicals, he's like, what are you worried about? I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Dumb people have hot tubs. Don't worry about it. I mean, it stressed <laughs> me out like the liability. I don't know. It's super not that hard. And one of the reasons we got it when we did is because. We were looking at an article. Well, we were putting in a garden and does a whole different episode we'll talk about, but our backs and bodies were hurting so much and we were so old that we went, hot tub is on our three-year plan to get here. And we both, we went, we got to just do it now. We got to move old. that up. We've got to reprioritize. We got to change the roadmap. Hell yeah. We did. We changed <laughs> the phases. That's exactly right. We moved the goalposts way back. And um, yeah, that's right. Our scrum looked totally different. But Um, And also Joe comes home late at night, as you know, and part of it is how can you come home from work that late and just go immediately to sleep? But maybe if you sit in a hot bath out in the cold air a block away from East Colfax where there was a drive-by shooting a week ago, hey, I mean, it's such a funny feeling. relaxation. Pure relaxation. We do. Ah. We talk about, (laughs) what's that gunshot? We talk about, we live in such an oasis. It's like, this is, this feels like we're in a castle of our very own. And then the reality of it is like, look where we are. But, so we got the hot tub. But one of the things, we read an article on just like how to buy a hot tub and what to look for. And like you said, I have also had that feeling of like, oh, it's just, it's just too much. And the, this guy came at it with a very data-driven approach and one of the things, he like all the people interviewed whatever, and he actually told you the parameters of his study. But it was like 67% of hot tub owners wish they had done it sooner. That's funny. <laughs> and so we just said, let's do it. And I think the big deal with hot tubs, and maybe because busy families and all of that, um, I mean, 
A you little bit of upkeep. It's a little bit of work. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And you have to make a priority. And a lot of people, I think, just go, we don't use it. Well, we use it almost every single night. And now I imagine next summer we won't as much. We got it in the summer. So we kind of forced ourselves to sit in it when it was hot nights. But, oh, gosh, now that it's below freezing. What? It's so fun. Yeah, that sounds great. Next time we drain it, we have to drain it soon and replace it. But maybe the next time after that, we'll fill it up and put it at like a temperature that a toddler could experience. And maybe, or maybe I could just go swimming with Sadie sometime in a pool. (laughs) Does she like water? She loves bath time. That's one of her favorite things. Great. And we went swimming over the summer and it was okay. She it was brand well, uh, new was and kind of scary. Baby. Yeah, yeah, but she's a baby, baby. Now she's getting fun. And oh, we just got it. Well, my dad she's used to say been about fun. Come on, she's so fun. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but now it's like amazing what she can do and react to and stuff. I just said to Joe today, we should take Sadie this year to um, zoo lights because she will be if she's awake enough. And hell yeah, it gets dark at four o'clock. Um, she will really be responsive to lights and color and sound. I mean, it might be downright overwhelming, but you can. That would you know, be I fun. think she'd. We just got to be fun. She'd respond this year. between sundown at four thirty and her bedtime mm-hmm. at seven. That's the sweet spot. Exactly, but that's the sweet spot. I mean, that's reasonable. We get there a little bit before. It's not like she's going to know what animals are, but she, I think she would really respond. But then, of course, she's always been fun. But my dad used to say about my little boys who also liked water. He would say, "You got to waterproof those kids." And we were big believers in our family of throwing throwing them in the water and teaching them how to swim right away, and making them I waterproof. Think that's really important. And I think it's there's fun. a lot of people who grow up in Colorado who aren't raised that way, and it know, ca- so causes problems later. It does. I can't imagine being afraid of water. Yeah, we're planning we're planning our next beach trip too, so that also gives oh, us hope. that sounds fun. Hell Anyways. Yeah. Okay, anyways, I think we brought some ruckus. Uh, so, we had some insights. We helped a lot We've of people. We punched the hole through the ozone. If, if anyone wants to uh, hit up Elon Musk about slowing Dude, the rotation of the soon. Earth, make sure that... I feel like that, that's the he who should not be named right now. Make sure he comes to me first, because I have right. rights. I think, I think uh, the legal term is dibs. I have dibs on this idea. Dibs. Somebody has to purchase the idea from me before they can execute it. I think it would really help your cause, Andrew, if you would do a little bit, just a tiny bit, like 20 minutes worth of like Leonardo da Vinci type drawings. Oh, sure. Sort of your machine and, you know, figure A. And I'm just saying that could really help. And if you, of course, in my day and age, what you do, Andrew, you probably have never heard this. You you send it it to yourself in an envelope. Okay, you mail it to yourself. Yeah, I heard that. (laughs) You do realize that my favorite television show is MASH, right? Oh, yeah, good point. Okay, right. (laughs) Yeah, and your favorite photography is 65-year-old cameras. Right. I forget. You're old school. You're old school. I forget. I forget. That just seems so hilariously ancient. And I've done it. I did it. Put it in an envelope, mail it to yourself. Postmark, never open it. Because then when the Library of Congress... That's right. That's right. The poor man's copyright. Your poor, letter. poor man's patent. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Well, good luck on all of that. And uh, we'll talk next week. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Goodbye, right. Auntie Bye, Joe. Andrew. Bye.